BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Uh, Judge Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, September 11th, 2023, 22 years uh, to the day, almost to the moment, uh, of uh, the attacks on 9-11 in Lower Manhattan and Pennsylvania. And of course, uh, at the Pentagon, Phil uh, Giraldi joins us now. Phil, always a pleasure. We have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the Russian sanctions. I want to talk the American sanctions on the Russians. I want to talk about BRICS. I want to talk about how those sanctions have pushed uh, the Russians into uh, economically desirable alliances with other, other countries. But before we get to that, I do want to spend a little bit of time on 9-11. On 9-11 itself, I believe you were uh, in the Central Intelligence Agency, and you may actually have been at the headquarters at Langley uh, when it happened. I'm sure you remember the moment, and I'm sure you remember the day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when when um, I was indeed at headquarters, and I, in fact, was doing a lot of work with the uh, Counterterrorism Center. So the um, I'd been hearing rumbles about various terrorist groups. Uh, when the Pentagon was hit, there was a major panic at CIA headquarters, and uh, basically they evacuated the building, which you know led to several thousand people racing for the the parking lots. <laughs> and, and anyway, once we got into the parking lots, they uh, we waited and waited and waited when nothing more happened. Um, we were sent home, so that that was the big news of 9/11. And uh, you know the, the 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 friends of mine that were uh, more directly working in count with the counterterrorism center, uh, had a lot of ideas about what was going on, uh, but they did not appear to have any particular insight, except uh, they suspected a number of possible players. Before we get into the uh, players who uh, were suspected, big picture, from a distance of 22 years, with all of your uh, experience uh, in uh, CIA and in military uh, intelligence. Is it more likely than not that the American government, elements of the American government, people in the Bush administration, knew before 9-11 what was going to happen? I would uh, speculate that, uh, that th that is almost certainly the case, that there certainly had to be people in the government who had some idea of what was coming up. And uh, I based that on, uh, again, my contacts in counterterrorism, 
who were um, suspicious of some senior officials in the government in terms of um, uh, their behavior prior to 9-11 itself. Meaning that uh, intelligence sources uh, had revealed the likelihood of certain events and people suppressed the revelation of those sources. Well, it's more specifically in the direction of uh, uh, those senior officials who were very close to Israel, because the um, Counterterrorism Center certainly believed that Israel, at a minimum, had prior knowledge of 9-11, that Israel also had motive, uh, and they had the capability to run this kind of operation in the United States, uh, working through their, their proxies. Uh, there were, of course, a whole lot of people in the Defense Department um, and uh, also in the, um, the Vice President's office that had very close and continuing relations with Israel. So there, there is that thing kind of floating out there. Um, and um, I, I have speculated since the 9-11 uh, Commission report came out uh, whether we would ever see the redacted portions, the, the portions that were considered too sensitive to reveal to the public. And now it's 22 years later, and we haven't seen them. Uh, what is your big picture view of the forces that uh, instigated 9-11? Uh, Who were they and what was their goal? Well, if you, if you go with the um, standard interpretation that it indeed was Saudis, primarily, um, who carried out the actual attack with the airplanes, um, then the motive obviously would be the United States' uh, policies in the Middle East, which were uh, very pro-Israeli and very hostile uh, to a number of Arab interests. So that would be the, the simple way to look at it. Uh, and then, of course, there are, you know, possibly there were people in the government, maybe in the vice president's office, um, maybe at the Pentagon, who for various reasons wanted the United States to uh, basically go to war with um, uh, a number of countries, a number of groups that were, were working in the Middle East. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of potential motives here. Israel, for its uh, part, would have liked the United States to be closely tied to its policies in the Middle East. And what could be better than an attack on the United States uh, staged by a bunch of Arabs? Do you uh, remember the news reports uh, as the towers were coming down of Mossad agents in Jersey City, New Jersey, right across the Hudson River from lower Manhattan on a rooftop of, uh, of an office building? cheering on the destruction of the uh of the towers was that ever yeah absolutely was that yeah. ever investigated well it was investigated they were in fact arrested uh and the interesting thing was that they were seen the day before the twin towers went down at that same location casing it for a good line of sight and then when the towers went down they were dancing and singing they were referred to as the dancing Israelis. Uh, they were arrested by the FBI, by the local police. They were held for a month. And then George Bush, for whatever reasons, uh, sent them back home. And back home was to Israel. Right. And were they, were they Mossad or were they just Israeli citizens that were here because they had a heads up of what was going to happen? 
Israel was running an enormous intelligence program within the United States that focused on Arabs. They were one component of it. This was a moving company out of Jersey City, New Jersey, I believe, as cover. But they didn't actually do any moving. They were there to spy on Arabs, and that was their 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 job. Yes, they were Mossad employees. So if the CIA had evidence, and if the NSA had evidence, and if the FBI had evidence, all of this before 9-11, why would they have suppressed it? Well, uh, you know the old expression that doo-doo runs downhill. Uh, I would have to say there were probably some very senior people in this loop that we're talking about of who protected uh, the, the correct or proper narrative of what was going on. And these people are very difficult to budge on these kinds of issues. They essentially can control the information flow. They can control what is revealed and what is not revealed. So you'd have to be kind of looking at, at culprits within the system. Is it a coincidence that at the moment this happened, uh, the president of the United States uh, was reading uh, children's books to a kindergarten class in Florida, and the vice president of the United States, a notorious neocon, uh, was prepared uh, to take charge of the government in its deepest crisis uh, since Pearl Harbor? Uh, maybe no coincidence. That's one of the things that we would like to know more about. Uh, the vice president was in charge of the government. He was spirited away from the, the White House, and uh, he was put in uh, uh, a secret underground uh, government house, uh, uh, offices that are quite near to me here uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So that's where he was. And um, did he know that the Pentagon was going to be attacked before it was attacked? Had he been given, had he been given warnings by a naval attache who was in that room with him, whom he stifled and silenced? Yeah, of course, that's another question that we need an answer to. I mean, uh, Cheney has never, as far as I know, gone into any great detail on what his thinking and what his responses were at the time that the, these attacks took place. And uh, I think the, uh, obviously, when the, uh, if indeed it was airliners that hit the uh, uh, Twin Towers, uh, that was a wake-up call. But obvi obviously for the inside the Beltway crowd, when the Pentagon was hit, whether that was by an airliner or by, as some believe, a missile, then it, um, you know, it casts it in a different light. It's, a, it's an attack to bring down the U.S. government. And um, the 9-11 Commission, chaired by Governor Tom Kane and uh, Congressman Lee uh, Hamilton, Hamilton, a, a well-respected, moderate Democrat with experience in the intelligence community, Kane, a well-respected, uh, moderate Republican. Uh, our friend and colleague and good buddy Ray McGovern calls it in caps, as only Ray can when he's writing to you and he's angry about something, the mother of all cover-ups. Yeah. yeah, well, as I say, um, there are parts of that report that we, the citizenry in this country, have not seen now for uh, over 20 years. Uh, so that is rather suspicious in and of itself. Um, and... Um, 
cover up yeah i mean basically it established a a an acceptable narrative that didn't blame anybody in the united states and didn't blame anybody uh, in israel and um this was in spite of the fact that uh, a number of fbi officers who were kind of following some of these issues about um uh, foreigners learning to fly four-engine planes, like Colleen Rowley in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, these people were reporting this stuff and sending it in. Somebody was making sure it didn't go anywhere else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, 20 years later, is there any sort of wink, wink, nod, 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 acknowledgement or recognition among members of the intelligence uh, community that there were uh, elements of the U.S. government that knew about this ahead of time and either wished it to happen, caused it to happen, or knowingly looked the other way? Well, I have to go back to my time on that one. And of course, as I say, I had close connections with the, the counterterrorism center. And um, they they basically concluded that, um, as I mentioned before, that Israel almost certainly had prior knowledge and that there were people in the government uh, that basically hindered the process of uh, finding actionable intelligence and acting on it and uh, they suspected there were such people i have never heard uh, them named per se though there were suspicions that some people in the pentagon and again in the vice president's office maybe even up to and including the vice president this is called conspiracy to commit murder and in this case it's the murder of three thousand innocence we're not talking about shooting troops on a battlefield we're talking about the slaughter uh the slaughter of innocence um doesn't seem as though this even though there's no statute of limitations on this it doesn't seem as though this is going to go anywhere phil yeah that's absolutely true i mean clearly the the powers that be want this to be a go-away issue uh and i would just throw into the hopper uh, this is kind of reminiscent of the uh, assassination of JFK, where Joe Biden had promised pre-electorally to uh, release the last files on the assassination. He has not done so and will not do so. And Donald Trump made the same promise, and he told me personally 
judge, if they showed you what they showed me, you wouldn't release it either. And I said, what did they show you? And he said, sometime when we're don't have, and then he raised his voice, 15 people listening to our phone call. I'll tell you who the, they were and what they showed me. Well, thank you for your thoughts, uh, for your thoughts on this. Uh, what what is the uh, significance of the rise? First of all, what is BRICS? B R I C S. What does it mean? What does it stand for? What is the significance of its rise and its potential challenge to the American dollar as the reserve uh, currency of the world? Well, first of all, BRICS is an acronym for the uh, five countries that founded it, uh, including ma- including major countries like Russia and China, major economies. And um, the significance is that this is a rebellion of what we might call the second and third world uh, against the sanction regime that the United States runs and is successful at running because it controls the dollar as a world reserve currency. So people are saying now in BRICS, um, we want to be able to use our own currencies uh, whatever the exchange rate is, uh, to buy, particularly to buy oil and energy products. And uh, we don't need what to happen to us, what you did to Russia uh, recently, which was you you froze all of Russia's dollar assets. And you now are saying we will use those assets to rebuild Ukraine. You basically stole the money from Russia and uh, it amounted to something like a, a possibly a trillion dollars. And the United States has done the same thing to Iran. It's done the same thing to Venezuela, where it uses this control over the monetary system to uh, for political reasons. And now these people are saying, no, we want a world that's free of that kind of restraint. And do you think that the imposition of sanctions, the Joe Biden imposed sanctions, which way back in 1936, the Supreme Court said the president of the United States can do. Congress gave him authority uh, to do it. Do you think that the imposition of these sanctions uh, on Russia and on people that do business with Russia, on Russian banks, for example, has largely been a significant impetus to make BRICS more attractive? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, I did a a lot of reading in... in, um background accounts before this meeting in South Africa took place. And uh, that issue always came up that, you know, how can we work in a system where somebody who makes the rules can interpret the rules it makes to steal our money? And, uh, you know, it's a good point. Here's uh, President Zelensky, in, in some respects, agreeing with you, Phil, but arguing that, oh, the Russians are circumventing the sanctions. Take a listen. Currently, we see a prolonged sanctions pause from our partners and Russia's overly active attempts to circumvent the sanctions. It's crucial to add solutions to the free world, which should defend itself and have success in this. And even more so, it should avoid any attempts to use free world companies, technologies and products to wage war against freedom. Three priorities. Further sanctions against Russia's energy sector, real restrictions on the supply of chips and microelectronics in general to terrorists, and further blocking of the Russian financial sector. This world sanctions offensive must resume. We better be careful what he asked for if he doesn't want microchips to go to terrorists. He runs a terrorist uh, 
uh, government that, that thrives by assassination. But I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you comment on it. Well, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a ridiculous, uh, highly politicized comment to um, uh, express his disdain for the, the Russians. But the, the whole point is that when he's talking about Russia avoiding sanctions, uh, the United States sanctioned uh, Russian energy products, oil and gas. And basically, he's found other buyers. Uh, Russia has found other buyers. Uh, I, I don't see that as anything uh, uh, surprising or bizarre or some breach of international law or anything like that. The United States has no uh, intrinsic right to be able to tell people uh, what to do with their money and how to live. Right. But it just asserted that right uh, unilaterally. And uh, so he's he's very wrong about what sanctions are all about. And, uh, you know, there, there are sanctions also in place on Syria now, on Iran, Venezuela, and in all these cases, it's the people that wind up getting hurt. And when the government tries to do something to circumvent it, well, they're avoiding sanctions. Well, I mean, you would, uh, you would think that the American government would understand that the Russians can trade and do business with whoever wherever they want, whatever became of the uh, natural gas that the Germans were supposed to be buying from the uh, Russians be before we destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, Russia must have found uh, a another a client for that. Yeah, Russia is, is uh, working on, on doing that very thing. There's talk of a pipeline that would um, uh, run from Russia uh, down through some of its friendly states like Syria and uh, and Iran and be loaded there and sold to places like India, Japan, uh, countries that are nominally U.S. allies uh, or neutral uh, have no have no shame about uh, buying this product. They understand perfectly well that uh, what the United States does to Russia today or to China today or to Iran today, if they could turn around and do the same thing to India, there's talking about sanctions on these countries in Africa right now that are uh, throwing out some of their uh, post-colonial leadership. Uh, so th this is a game that's played over and over again. Well, the neocons just want a finger in every pie, don't they? They want to control the world. Uh, and they've, right from the beginning, this is the 25th anniversary of their, their plan for um, world domination. And the, it hinges on the United States outspending and and outnumbering uh, all of its adversaries uh, uh, in terms of the military. And of course, this, this is bankrupting the United States. And uh, it basically is another thing that doesn't endear any of these countries to us to have uh, how many, there are uh, 27 Russian, um, American bases uh, close to the Russian border. I mean, uh, Russia doesn't have any here. Russia only has one overseas base, and that's in Syria. So, you know, th these are the signals that make anti-Americanism becoming in favor yet again. Uh, Colonel uh, McGregor, who will be on with us uh, later today, sent me a piece this morning showing that the United States uh, debt service, annual debt service, has reached the annual defense budget. Yeah. So they're they're both about $880 billion a year. It's the first time we've ever been in a situation that that uh, dangerous. And of course, the $880 billion 
on the defense budget for those 900, 900 foreign military installations that no human being is familiar with all of them um, is more, as we know, than the next 12 countries, which includes Russia uh, and China, their defense budgets combined. I, I don't know how this ends, uh, to be honest with you. Maybe Donald Trump, if he becomes president again, could end this, although he loved spending on uh, on military uh, matters. He seemed to feel that uh, the, the showy demonstration of Marshall's superiority somehow would keep us safe, even though it's bankrupting us. Yeah, well, I think you'd have to say all of our recent presidents have bought into that. Um, you know, Barack Obama, uh, let's face it, he talked a good talk when he was in Egypt and he won the Nobel Peace Prize. But then what did he do? He, he, uh, he overthrew a, a stable government in Libya. He attacked Syria, uh, you know, he, uh, he, and he, uh, he created the policy of using drones to kill American citizens overseas, as well as uh, other people who fit a profile. Right. So what kind, of a, what kind of nonsense is this? It's uh, presidents uh, doing whatever they think they can get away with, killing because uh, they can. Uh, Harry Truman, and then you and I are not fans of his at all, but in 1963 would lament what the CIA uh, had become and would, would claim in the pages of the Washington Post, a piece that the editors eventually took down, uh, that he never intended this and the CIA should be shut down. More for the next time. Chris is uh, expressing his opinion that we're going on too long. Phil, uh, always, always a pleasure. Thank you very much, my friend. Well, thank you. All right. If you like what you saw, like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Now, Chris has calmed down. Chris, take it easy. Uh, this afternoon, uh, we have Scott Ritter at 3.30, Colonel McGregor at 4.30, and Bernie Carrick the police commissioner of New York City on 9-11 at 5 o'clock, all times uh, Eastern. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.